Welcome to No Room for Phonies, podcast number 44. Nice. And uh, third podcast in the education series. Yep. And I guess I'll wear this dress for the entire education <laughs> series, as we say, just pointed out. Serendipitously, you yeah, were every the two same weeks dress. at the podcast, I wear this dress. But anyway, tonight's <laughs> podcast is about how do we really support kids on their learning journey, helping them be successful. And uh, I have, you know, there's a saying, success breeds success. And it is true when you are successful, then you feel more confident. Mm -hmm. And then you are more willing to try things and on and on and it goes. So tonight we're just going to talk about supporting kids on their learning journey. So the cocktail of the month, we've tried the mango daiquiri was good. Very good. Very good. Lots the ingredient of ingredient is right over and there. Yeah, it's a mango Malibu rum. It's very good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, yeah, it's a good one. I think I even posted part of a picture of it on when I posted a recipe for tacos on our oh, on our website. Nice. So cool. anyway, the book recommendations. I just made a list of books that you should read to your children or grandchildren. So. Um, Where the Wild Things Are by Maurice Sendak, and you painted the Zachary's Nursery in the pictures from the Where the the Wild. Put it on your yeah, that would be fun. We'll put the video (laughs) on the website. Mm. Uh, Frog and Toad Are Friends by Arnold Lobel. That's a very good story. I haven't read that one. Yeah, I have to our kids. Well, okay. Good Night Moon by Margaret Wise Brown. Read that a hundred times. Hubble Bubble Granny Trouble by Tracy Corduroy is a very funny book. Iris Sleeps Over by Bernard Weber. Parts, more parts, and even more parts by Ted Arnold, which is a book about bodies and parts and whatever. Rain Makes Applesauce, which is a book actually about grammar and speech and... You would actually really, really like it. I should read that one. Yeah. Pete the Cat, I Love My White Shoes. That's uh, all the Pete Cat books are very fun. Are these written since we or kids grew up? Because I don't remember many of these. Pete the Cat is new, but Rain Makes Applesauce is old. Parts is new. Uh, Hubble Bubble Granny Trouble is a newer story. Rosie Revere Engineer is uh, Andrea Beatty. And it's a, you know, it's what it is. Yeah, recent. Sylvester and the Magic Pebble by William Steig, and that's an old book. All right. Is Sylvester an animal or a child? It's a, he's a little character. Okay. Um, podcast recommendation for me is there's a podcast by the Vancouver Island University called Successful You. I didn't write it down who I was going to suggest. Oh, well, you don't get to then. <laughs> <laughs> And then my, qu- I'm starting with a question of the month. It's a new thing. So question I, of the month or of the of the po- of the of the of the bi-week of the bi-weekly podcast. P- question right. of the podcast, right? Do you think resistance to vaccine is going to impact friendships, or do you think resistance to vaccines should impact friendships? That's, and we are withholding our opinions until next episode because yeah. we want to hear from you. Yeah. So if you have an opinion about that, you can post it. You can send us an email. You can do whatever you want uh, to kind of let us know how you feel about that. Um, Will it and should it? So how do we really support kids on their learning journey 
how do we really help kids be successful? So I have a bunch of things that I have, and a lot of these are just passionately from my own experience as a teacher. And I found that when students were were directed by having a certain goal and knowing how to achieve it, that they found it easier to be successful. Well, and I mean, I work with adult learners, but if adult learners have the objectives given to them, they have much more buy-in than if you come into the class and they're left guessing what's going on. So, for example, like, I would encourage my teachers, and I certainly did this when I was doing a social studies unit, I would put all our goals on the board of things that, and not just like, I need you to learn this fact, this fact, this fact, but we're going to do comparison, or we're going to do this, or we're going to research, or whatever, and by the end of this unit, these are some of the skills, and I, I think I've talked about this in other podcasts, but I think that children are more successful when they are clear about the direction that well, they're also, going. Also, I think your second half here is how to achieve the goal. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, so, yes, this is what I want you to learn, but then we are going to be doing... You know, right, and we're going to practice. Yeah. And if you're not getting it, we're going to do exit cards, and I'm going to know, and so I might draw a small group of kids in mm-hmm. who aren't getting a certain thing, and then we'll work extra on it. Mm-hmm. Like, so when keep kids have a direction and they know how to get there and they know that um, there's going to be a method mm-hmm. that I think they're so better. So guess what? As a parent, if your kids, if you can communicate with teachers about this kind of thing. Well, like, I just think there was, there's no reason why, and I'm going to get into this later in the, like in one of the, the, oh, series, the series about it, about what you should be hearing from your kids' oh, teacher. Oh, okay, then I won't. Sorry, I jumped So, ahead. you know, and then the second thing that helps um, students be successful is focus. And we all know that some kids have more trouble focusing than others, but I think um, you can find lots of ways to help kids stay on track backwards timeline like when I was teaching essay writing to mm-hmm. older kids mm-hmm. I taught I taught them a backwards timeline so mm-hmm. this is the day your essays due. here's all the dates right up into the point and then yeah. we did check-ins and we did but if the focus is like more in the minute like in a 10 minute block of time well and I talked to yeah then they have to um like know that these are the the expectations of these next 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and I was very clear about that as a teacher particularly when I was teaching younger grades Mm -hmm. okay and the next I'm going to give you 10 minutes and now like things are so easy because you can put up on your uh, smart board timers yeah like uh, timers off like downloadable timers timers that show I mean I used Oh, and there's all sorts of visual ones, yeah. right? Like there's hourglasses, but there's other fun ones like rockets about to take off. And, like and I mean, I used the marble in the jar thing where I said, if everybody can like focus and read quietly and do this next task, because mm-hmm. this is an individual focus or this is a group thing and I w- I'm giving you 15 minutes and this is what I expect 
to happen at the end of this 15 minutes, I'm going to throw a marble in that jar. And when that marble jar is full, we're going to get five extra minutes outside or we're going to do right. something. And we would vote on or make a list what at, the prizes could be of anyway. what the motivation was for yeah. stuff. And well, and I that find works now with all ages teaching of on, kids. Yeah, well, and adults too. I find teaching online now with the groups that um, because I can't be in every single group on camera at the yeah. same time, they have their 10-minute task. This is what you're going to have to do. And also, I they're adults, right? I say, but... They still, some of them just go off on on, yeah. their, on their browsers or whatever. So the focus is the goal. Like at the end of these 10 minutes, I want all three of you to be able to say this, write this, right. do this, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And, so, but if I don't have that focus, it's really easy for yeah. them to go. So planning for that. Yeah. And then students feel somebody wants them to succeed and helps them every step of the way. That nurturing environment, that messaging like I know that when I taught at some inner city schools I was very careful to message them that high school wasn't the end of their learning journey that they mm -hmm. were capable of going to college that university was an option for them because they weren't hearing those nurturing messages at home from their home a yeah. lot of them right and so school had to be that very nurturing place that said no, no, you're smart, and here's how I know you're smart. Look at the way you can write. Look at the way you can do mm -hmm. math. Look at the way that you can whatever. What about the kids with the super intense parents that feel under pressure to measure? Well, and I'm going to go back to the electronic online portfolio where um, you upload student work so that parents can go on and look at it and say, oh, okay, my kid is, you know, and... You know, some I know, of the but I meant like the parents who aren't happy with the B plus and want the A plus. So. Well, they have to get over it. <laughs> Sorry, but that's not like that's not how do you nurture the child that's come going home? To well, them? I mean, you can only do so much. Yeah, but that's what I mean. If the true picture of the child is available yeah. to the parent to see, mm -hmm. and the goals are clear and the focus is clear, then. I have brought a lot of parents around to understanding mm -hmm. that, like, there were parents that I had to say, your child, I mean, in, in Canada, we have um, advanced and, you know, it used to be advanced and general. Streamlined We programs, have streamed yeah. programs in high school. And I sat with a lot of parents to try to help them. I know we're de-streaming in grade nine, mm -hmm. which is fine, but I don't want to get into politics about it, but... There are ways of talking, having courageous conversations with parents. But you can't just sit down and say, oh, your kid's not an A student. No. You have to say, these are right. where we're at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's where the focus on marks is, is kind of... Um, sad sometimes yeah. because that because that's not the only and way I, that's not the only way and to nurture well, marks them. are only really impactful and effective is the if the actual assessment is effective right so i remember as a teacher getting last year's report cards and looking at them and thinking holy cow these kids are smart all a pluses like mm -hmm. and then i'd start grading them and what a terrible feeling it is to realize that the teacher prior was kind of 
doctoring the girls. Not doctoring, but (laughs) let's just say that... Being too nice, yeah. Or just not having... I don't think anyone wants to do a bad job as a teacher but just didn't have the knowledge or whatever. And you're finding out things about the kids through your assessments and Mm -hmm. you're looking at things differently. And my rule always was with teachers, if they got an A, if they got a A plus in science and you're giving them a B plus, you better warn that parent that there's a full grade dropping from what they we're used to mm-hmm. because that and you better know why right so you know that whole and what is success i think is another thing like is success an a plus or is success i could only read you know 10 words today but to yesterday but today i can read 15 right or i it's I, the incremental it's not you know the, and that's where i think you have to be um, very clear about the goals and the achievement and how to keep them on track and their eye on the prize and and nurture them as they're moving through all the steps and as parents too like I, I remember having these conversations with parents where I would say let's talk about your what your child does well mm-hmm. okay let's talk about what your child is struggling with Okay, now let's talk like a sandwich, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so now let's talk about how your child is, you know, interacting and what kind of a citizen they are. Right. Right, and the things they need to work on. But let's, what are they contributing to our society? And, Mm -hmm. you know, so if if you word things properly, I believe you can get through anything. Mm -hmm. So that's just, and... Difficult and courageous conversations are difficult and courageous conversations. You're not going to change that. So, and sometimes you just have to have them. That's why I believe that a portion of a parent-teacher interview needs to be with the parent and the teacher. Not the kid leading it. And and there's nothing wrong with a portion of it being that way. And the problem now in Ontario, at least, is that because of union influence... Teachers only have to give like a 10-minute interview. Hmm. So that's not really enough time. But parents can talk to oh, teachers. Oh, you can talk to your teacher anytime. Any other time of yep, the year. absolutely. You don't have to only have that interview as the... And I think when students are engaged, which is my next point about success, when students feel a part of what they're doing and, mm-hmm. and they're actively participating both in class and I call them co-curricular activities. A lot of people call them extracurricular activities. But I believe that co-curricular activities are the ones that go with the curriculum that provide that opportunity for engagement that's outside the four walls of the classroom and is not should not be considered extra Mm -hmm. because when they're considered extra then teachers don't feel that it's part of their job right so but i mean team sports um yeah that's all all co-curriculum chess club like all that stuff and that's really important for kids because they need some kids who aren't as academic can really excel and do well mm-hmm. and so then when they have a great experience on the basketball court or on the in the chess club you can pull that experience back into the classroom mm-hmm. and use that to your benefit to help them engage and not to say if you don't do well on this test you're not playing basketball no. 
but to say you're a you're a smart and successful person on the basketball court like you've got brains in your yeah. head and what do you use there to stay focused because they can focus yeah. there yes right like, so in know. student engagement and i mean um i don't think i've ever talked about any subject more as a principal than student engagement mm-hmm. because if you're in a I don't want to say wealthier school, but a higher class neighborhood, students are disengaged because of certain reasons. And when you're in lower class neighborhoods, students are disengaged for For other reasons. So student engagement is a huge, 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 huge part of what. And I think that active participation in class and co-curricular stuff improves engagement and and leads to success for kids Mm -hmm. and i think students also need to feel connected students need to feel that they're part of a community so that is like why you have clubs and sports and opportunities to volunteer and and you know i remember at one school i was at where it was a bus monitor situation. Well, the teachers would come to me and say, well, these kids are going to be my bus monitors. And I'm, I said, well, we've just had a sign up. Oh, no, I only want these kids. Mm. Well, yeah. you have to sometimes draw kids in by giving them an opportunity. And maybe a kid, you know, hasn't always come across as the most responsible child in the whole darn school. But if you show that you're a little bit confident in them, mm-hmm. give them a job, monitor it, and help them problem solve through some of the challenges of it, like, yeah. you know, then they can they be... They can su- feel that connection. And then they start feeling connected to something. And I mean, I saw kids who were bad at a lot of things or ha- even had behavior issues mm-hmm. who, when they were put as responsible for getting that those three little kids to a bus, were very successful. Yeah. So because they were taken seriously. Yeah, so that you have to somehow connection. I mean, we've learned that in some of our courses that we take through Udemy. Yeah, like connection is huge. Mm-hmm. We are all seeking to be connected. Well, and COVID has highlighted that mm-hmm. need. for sure. Um, students need to feel valued, and I mean that's their skills, their talents, their abilities, their experience has have to be recognized. And they have to feel that they're being appreciated. So that's why I always had um, celebration assemblies where kids, but where kids were not just um, honored for like the stars of the school, right. but where you looked for ways to show student leadership and celebrate citizenship, citizenship volunteerism. and volunteerism and all those kinds of things. So because I really do think that people do need to be inspired by something Mm -hmm. and you have to be inspiring like sometimes i would sit at assemblies and i was at the front helping the kids lead the assembly or whatever and like 25 teachers are sitting around the outside not even monitoring their kids and talking to each other talking to each other and i'm thinking how is this inspiring kids Mm -hmm. like you know, and, you know, I would... Because the kid's on stage. Oh, and the other that. one that drove me crazy, to be honest, is the... It would be getting to May and June in that year, and someone would come to me and say, I, I need eight certificates. Because I didn't limit the number of, 
of celebration certificates that right. they could give. I need eight certificates because I have eight kids left that need to be recognized. And I'd be mm -hmm. like, <laughs> okay, kids do not feel valued when you just recognize everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had a principal I worked for that he complimented every single person in the school. And so when you get to me, I'd say, you just told that crazy woman down the hall who still got her Christmas tree up in March that she's great. Mm -hmm. So I don't really value, I don't, like, you're just saying it to everybody. Yeah. And the one school I went of, well, we make sure that every student at graduation gets an award. I'm like, how does that work? Mm -hmm. So kids are not going to feel valued if it's not authentic. So, you know, write a, write a note to the student, display work, um, praise kids verbally. Like, I, I would go in classrooms but and specifically, say, not specific. the, not the good job. Oh, but. this class is wonderful. No, I would walk from student to student and say, wow, that's a really interesting way that you solved that math problem. Can you talk to me about it? Because mm -hmm. that, the rest of it, kids see through that. Just like that, in a heartbeat. So, directed, focused, nurtured, engaged, connected, and valued. All those things lead to success. I was and trying to see if I could make a little acrostic, but no. no. I don't think so. <laughs> not There's not the enough spot. vowels in there, no. I don't think. Um, ensuring that extra help and coaching are available to kids all the time. Mm -hmm. I think we've lost that a bit because we don't have the after-school help club and you know, all that sort of stuff. And I just remember, like, in schools where everybody was a walker mm -hmm. and saying, well, if they're not getting their work done during the school day and you're not keeping them in for recess because you want them to get fresh air, and I understand all that, it's pretty amazing what a child can get done in 15 minutes after school. If you leave them if, but the parents have to know that <laughs> but if you're coaching yeah that's a phone yeah, yeah. call yeah right right mm -hmm. and it's a phone call where you say yeah i'm gonna stay and just help and make sure your kid gets this do you think yeah. some parents gonna go it's not punitive no it's just it's help and coaching are available to students before like kids are often at school before school starts yeah that's true you just grab them off the plate hey i need you i as a teacher I'd be out on the playground going, you, come here. We got to deal with yesterday's math issue mm -hmm. because today needs to start right. So, I mean, that is really... And I think the other thing about success is high expectations and strong routines in a classroom yeah. lead to kids being... I believe that everyone in this classroom can do this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. We are going to work together because what's important in this classroom is that everyone is, um, students can achieve high results. All students can achieve high results giving them, given the right amount of time and support. Yeah. So you might learn this particular thing really, really fast, but you struggle with that because... I don't care how gifted and amazing you are. I mean, we've dealt with this with our own kids. Mm -hmm. You have strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. So high expectations in a classroom that has established really strong routines. I don't think I can say enough about routine in a classroom. Is that why you have bold text on your notes? No, <laughs> it's not. It's just because it's a point. But 
routine, like spending September getting things sorted mm-hmm. and talking and making sure. Well, wouldn't that it be nice clear. if? What are you doing in your classrooms? A you bit want of consistency. What if there was a bit of consistency from grade to grade, so that it would be about reminding the students of the routines. Well, and I think that Not that's why when there's a teacher that doesn't have any routines, and then the next teacher inherits that group, and then they have. But to that's why there's over. programs, right? Like there are actual classroom routine programs that schools adopt, right? Yeah, it's just whether they're you know, and and a principal has to monitor, actually, yeah. right? That, <clears throat> Because there was one that we were doing all the time, right? It, mm-hmm. it, I, I can't, I'd have to look it up. But um, yeah, of course there should be consistency, but that's a whole school. Let's talk about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had this issue with adult learners at the beginning of the cell phone era. Yeah. Because there were some people who were like, no cell phones. And I was like, technology, let's use it. Well, um, and we're having that same issue in elementary school. Like, yeah should kids have cell phones in class like there's a huge there's a huge group of people that say there should never be a and then there's another group of people that says yeah kids need to learn to reuse um it well, respond in a responsible way they need to way. learn self-regulation at some point but you know yeah. that if you allow a cell phone in a classroom sometimes bad things are going to happen yes. But it's the same thing to me as you know that if you allow a soccer ball on a playground, someone's going to get kicked in the head with it. Right. Because someone's going to kick it at somebody's head eventually. Mm -hmm. So do you get rid of all the soccer balls? There are some playgrounds, right? We've heard of that, right, in the news. No balls on this playground because... So instead of dealing with the underlying problem of whatever it is, we just take everything away. You mean going upstream? Upstream, yes, <laughs> dealing with the problem. So high expectations, and I believe you can do this. I believe we can get along. I believe we can make this happen. I believe you can learn this because guess what? I've laid out all the goals and the steps, and I'm here to get you through it. Yeah. So, you know, um, and then the other thing that a student's success is, is help students be successful is teachers continuing their professional growth up-to-date resources and research and strategies and varied instruction and you know like you can look at find a teacher on the Ontario Mm -hmm. College of Teachers site and you can see exactly the kind of upgrading that your teacher or the lack thereof or the lack thereof and I believe that teachers professional growth and student success some of the teachers that to me had the most you know the mo- they were able to actually help their children were the teachers that were working as teams mm-hmm. helping each other r- trying new things trying anything to get that kid to read not not just you know technology is is our friend but it's also not just enemy. sitting kids on computers yeah. Like there are a lot of great computer programs, but no great computer program is going to help a child if it's not being monitored. Right. Like it's like Dreambox, which is the big thing here. Mm-hmm. Like teachers would go, yeah, we're on Dreambox for this period. Well, Dreambox is an interactive thing. There are lessons on it that teachers can be used. And teachers can actually, from their computer, like go in and monitor and help kids and... 
Like hmm. there's a lot of stuff available for people, but I had teachers who, you know, despite being released to learn like programs and oh no, I'm I can't learn that. Oh, that's too hard. Or this is I mean, they were freaked out by a slight change in the IEP or the individualized education program or the report card program and oh no I how about reading emails? And they well, I had teachers that didn't go on their emails. Forgot their password and didn't know how to get a password there. But they could have if it was Amazon. Yes, but I'm just saying and that's not there are many, many excellent teachers, but I'm just saying that teachers who upgrade and vary their instruction and look for new research and strategies and resources are truly, kids in those classes are more successful, yes. 100%. And then the last thing that I just wanted to talk about is the partnership with home. Mm -hmm. And a really, like, down-to-earth, you know, a lot of times I would say, you know, I'm a parent like you. And I know some, not all teachers are parents, but to have, like normally, teachers or parents get the idea immediately if you're looking down on them or mm -hmm. you're not treating them Well, as, if you think, oh, I have a university degree in education, so I know more than you do, kind of that And parents always know their kids best. And sometimes there's, inf and I mean, just the idea that in order to understand where their child is truly at, sometimes you ask, have to ask a few questions and mm -hmm. you have to take your ego and get it out of the way. Yeah. Because if, if the parent comes to you and says, my child doesn't want to come to school, my child doesn't feel successful in your class. Mm -hmm. Well, they're not doing their work. Well, they're not this. Well, they're not that. Instead of saying, tell me about that. Mm -hmm. what, what, do you, what do you think's happening? What, where do you think I can help? Right. Which is your job at $100,000 a year. Not that every teacher makes that. Okay, but that's in Ontario, Canada. Yes. <laughs> but I'm just saying, mm -hmm. it's your job to make kids successful. Mm -hmm. So that's my thoughts on success. Kids need direction and focus and nurturing and engagement and connectedness. and val They need to be valued. They need to be coached. And they need high expectations and strong routines and teachers that are growing and partnership with home. So that's my Sounds thing. Great. So then, um, and again, I'll stress, like, if you have questions or you want to ask a question specifically about your own child, you can email me or you don't can... Don't talk to me. You can put... No, <laughs> don't talk to him. So, but anyway... So July 30th, I'm going to do 10 questions to ask your child's teacher before school starts. Nice. And August 15th, what to do when your child doesn't want to go to school, mm -hmm. which could happen after COVID, I think. Yep. I think there's going to be some stuff. Um, August 30th is going to be kids using technology for good. And September 15th, what information should you get from your child's teacher daily and weekly and monthly, which I think is cool. Yeah. September 30th is what is differentiation in a classroom. Good. And October 15th is strategies that build community in schools. And October 30th, which will be the last one in the education series, is what should all schools promote. That sounds really good. Very so that's the, that's the one. So thank you for joining us on No Room for Phonies. How do we really support kids on their learning journey and help them be successful?